0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Embit Podcast. I'm your host, Shamus Medan, and today we have a slightly different episode. We will be breaking down the current situation in the market and the economic outlook. We will both be looking at the public markets and private markets later on in the episode. Quick disclaimer before we begin, the podcast is not financial or investment advice. In addition, the podcast is not a research report. Investing is risky. Make sure to do your own due diligence. So first off, hopefully everyone's portfolio isn't doing as bad as mine. Um, The S&P 500 is down over 18.16% approximately as of May 19th of 2022. And yes, that is a pretty big drop in the index, and it's really inching us closer to that bear market territory. For those of you in the audience who might not know what would qualify as a bear market, it means if the index would drop below 20% for an extended period of time from an all-time high we're getting very close to that number and we haven't seen this big of a drop in the index or in a bunch of other stocks since back in 2020 a lot of tech stocks get hit really hard then and we're seeing the same thing here now the reason why the covid recession was only two months it wasn't really a recession like back in 2007 and 2008 is because the Fed was very quick to act, pumping trillions of dollars into the economy, combined with the fact that they started lowering interest rates super quickly, bringing them down to close to zero. That was a move in the Fed's monetary policy, where they both lowered the interest rates and increased the money supply. And this led to the stock market recovering in a V-shaped recovery rather quickly. However, we will not see the same thing here because the Fed has been pumping over $6.8 trillion into the economy in the past couple years. And if that number doesn't mean a lot to you because it's a super big number, it's hard to imagine. Just think of of all U.S. dollars were printed in the last 12 months, which is one of the reasons we've seen inflation at all-time highs month after month. The other factors that are contributing to this super high inflation are the supply chain. For example, between 2019 and 2020, overall supply chain disruptions increased by 14%. In 2019, there was an average of 3,700 supply chain disruptors. However, this number increased to 4,200 in 2020. And these supply chain disruptions can cause a massive 62% loss in finances. Now that quote was from Zipia.com. Right? We've seen big issues, especially in China, where there would be huge shutdowns in manufacturing plants, including not just in Teslas and Apples, but in all sorts of manufacturing plants. For example, TSMC had a shortage, which led to a shortage in chips in consumer electronics. Now, those shortages, when you decrease the supply available and you have a high demand, you're going to raise your prices. And that's what happens with gasoline, as well as uh, semiconductors and a whole range of other goods. So now that we've had this super high inflation, there have been reports of possibly entering into stagflation territory. And what that means is basically a persistent high inflation combined with high unemployment and the stagnant demand in a country's economy. So basically, this would be a period... Where the economic growth would start to slow and the joblessness would coincide with rising inflation. In the U.S., we're already starting to see that slowing economy. For example, the U.S. GDP fell at a 1.4 percent annualized pace in the first quarter, making it a pretty quick reversal for the economy. So, with all of this going on, it seems like a lot of hecticness. But what are some of the things that you can do to protect yourself in this environment? Well, the first thing would be to have an emergency fund. If you have any cash lying around. You want to have that stored preferably in a high interest rate savings account. There aren't a lot these days, especially with those low interest rates. Goldman Sachs has dropped there significantly compared to a couple of years ago. So you won't be fighting inflation. You'll be losing money in that account, but at least you have three to six months saved up in expenses in case worse comes to worse. The second thing would be to live within your means. This isn't the time to start taking out loans or mortgages, which is one of the reasons why we've seen the housing sales drop in the past couple of weeks in April. If worse comes to worse, if you get laid off, you wanna have that extra cash available to you if needed. You don't wanna be left with a bunch of non-income producing assets that you have debt on and you have no way of paying them off in the near future. And speaking of getting laid off, have additional income. Every single job that you do requires a skill set. And that skill set, you're getting paid to do, which means it's valuable to people either at the company or somewhere else. And if it's valuable, it's monetizable. So it'd be a good idea to figure out a way to monetize your current skills. If a recession hits, if you lose one stream of income, at least you still have another one flowing in. It's not stagnant where you have zero dollars coming into your bank account. You still have some. You might not be making as much uh, money as you were before, but every little bit would help. And this could be the factor that helps you come out on the other end of the recession without being flipped over. The other thing you want to consider is to really take the risk off in your investments. This isn't the time to start being super risky about your investments. It's really the time to understand long-term investing. Stick with the Warren Buffett strategy. And this isn't financial advice. You want to buy and hold companies that really have the fundamentals down. That wouldn't include cryptocurrencies like uh, Dogecoin, right? The number one factor where Dogecoin gets its value from is the community. It's the community aspect. So you want to make sure you're sticking with the Market in the long term, you're t- understanding your investments and really continuing to dollar cost average. It might seem scary at first, but think of it this way if Costco had everything on sale for 20%, it would be flooded. If DoorDash said you get 20% off your next order, then you would see an influx in online DoorDash orders. But when you see a drop and a 20% decrease in the stock market, It's the opposite. It's the reverse. You're seeing more and more people sell and run away from the opportunity. So think of it just like that. It's a buying opportunity, fundamentally strong companies for the long term. You want to think of it a little bit as a private market. You want to assume that you're going to have that locked away. And are you comfortable putting that capital at risk for a long period of time? If you're not, it's probably not the investment to take at the moment. Again, that's not financial advice. Speaking of private markets, we'll transition there into a little bit. Any founder or entrepreneur out there The number one thing you want to make sure you have set right now is your finances. This is now the time to start plotting everything out, understanding your best case and worst case scenarios, a base case scenario, and do some scenario planning, right? That way you're prepared. You also really want to be taking a look at your cash burn along with your revenue added and taking a look at your burn multiples for each of those scenarios. So basically anything financial of the business, you really want to completely not only see on a spreadsheet, but really understand what that is and what it means for the future of your company. And the reason why this is important in the private markets as well is because as we start to see pullbacks in the public markets, we're going to start seeing LPs or the people who fund these venture capital firms to start pulling back on risky assets. And that would be including investing in private markets. So if we start to see LPs who start decreasing the amount of money that they're providing to a venture capital firm, that venture capital firm then has less money to invest for the next batch of startups that they get in or for the next round. And if you have less and less capital that the VC can use to invest, that's gonna trickle down into the private market ecosystem. You'll start to see some down rounds and increased difficultness um, to get funding, etc. So I think one of the most important things here in the private markets is is your burn multiple, really understanding your burn and being able to make sure you understand your runway. You might have everything planned out for your actual strategic parts of your company and saying, hey, we're going to release this then and then we're going to do this uh, six months from now. But if your company isn't alive six months from now because it ran out of capital and it can't raise more money, those plans don't matter. So hopefully everyone uh, at least got some new takeaway from this. If you did, uh, make sure to hit me up on Twitter. I'm available at MBIT Podcast. And if you haven't yet, go share this podcast with someone else. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.